Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespokelahoma. I forgot the intro. Musical intro by Alan Carter and Pigs, Oklahoma City. Welcome to this evening's episode <laughs> of Bespoke Lahoma. Uh, this week at, oh, gummit Dustin. Okay, broadcasting live, as always, out of Traditions Leathercraft Studios, 7500 <laughs> West Reno Suite 200. Uh, this week at Traditions Leathercraft, KC is offering 10 live oak belt strips and 10 matching keepers for the low, low price of $49.95. Deal is good through Mother's Day, the Mother's Day weekend. So that's May 7th and 8th. For everyone who was not aware, Mother's Day is May 7th and 8th. Not this weekend, but the next weekend. Um, we've got some great classes coming up too. This Saturday, April 30th, uh, there's an advanced basket weave stamping class uh the basket weave stamping will be done on a junior legal notepad class taught by our own alan cope uh nine to noon um class fees only forty dollars bring your own tools or pick up whatever you may need at traditions leathercraft casey has a lot of really cool different basket stamps as well um we've also got a basic floral carving with alan cope on may 7th so that would be Mother's Day Saturday. Uh, workshop is $25 on that class. And then don't forget the second Saturday of every month is the Oklahoma Chisholm Trail Leather Guilds meeting from 10 to noon. So that'll be Saturday, May 12th. No, that can't be right. It'd be the 14th. It would have to be. Okay, we'll we'll get that amended on the website. Um, that <laughs> that is all I have. I'm also just realizing that I spelled my own name wrong when I got into Anchor. Um, so bear with us, folks. <laughs> I do want to make a huge shout out, just real quick. I'm gonna get sappy. I have just been so, just been feeling so blessed here lately. Uh, just to be able to do this podcast. We've had a number of people reach out and show their appreciation for the podcast. And I tell you what, the the wonderful guests that we have been able to have on this show have really made it what it is. And I am very excited for our guests tonight because you all know how I love branding. And I feel like our guest tonight has just absolutely nailed branding. So Without further ado, I will turn it over to Dustin. Dustin, that's all I have. Um, that's that's <laughs> well, all I got. Well, first, how did your first show go? It went really well, actually. Um, we kind of made a family affair of it. Uh, I took my leather and we took some of uh, our coin rings and some homemade soaps and had the whole, the whole fam damnly there. And it went really well. I mean, you know... I've heard such horror stories of people's first shows that I was, you know, doing my best to not get my hopes up crazy. Um, <laughs> but I would say for a four hour show, I was very happy with, uh, with how we did. And like I told you, now that I have all this inventory and I want to make more inventory, I definitely am beginning to feel like I need an actual shop. So we may, we may have to, plus tiny baby is almost walking. And so oh, trying wow. to do leather craft around a walking one-year-old is getting difficult. When you do go to build a shop, figure out the layout that you want and how big you want it. And then times it by two. Oh no. Because <laughs> you will outgrow it fast. Uh, don't go Casey big. No, no. <laughs> Casey's an animal. So that's awesome. Congratulations on your, as you said, cherry popped first show. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we, we ripped the band-aid off. It was definitely something that I was, you know, kind of anxious about. Like I said, just because I've heard a number of horror stories about shows. 
But uh, like I said, I think it went well. And now I just got to figure out what I'm going to do next. I got invited to another one locally. Um, but it's from like 6 to 10 o'clock at night, which isn't really oh, baby schedule. So, <laughs> And so. it's a street party, so it could get interesting. Oh, where's this at? <laughs> it's up in Hominy. Oh, never mind. So before we get started, I got one thing to share too. So <clears throat> today I finished a custom order and this guy wanted me to make him a two, two and a half inch wide belt. Oh. That was 60 some odd inches long. And he wanted different styles of clocks tooled all the way down the end of it, right? Like I did like digital style clocks. I did just all different kinds of clocks that he sent me pictures of ones he liked. And like I make leather belt buckles too. And the belt buckle was like a a grandfather clock style. It looked really cool. Um, But it all ended up being a big waste of time. No. Oh my God, Dustin. Waste of time. <laughs> you got me with that one. Oh, you got me on that one. I was good. I thought you were going to say like it was a canceled order or something. I was, man, I was so empathizing. <laughs> right, that's my dad joke. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Sorry. <laughs> I need a second. Okay. <laughs> so tonight we have Michael. I forgot your last name again. What? Whiteman. Whiteman. Yep. Of Tallgrass Company. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Excited thank, to be here. Thank you for coming on. Michael, can you get just a little bit closer or speak up so I can hear you a little bit better? Yeah. I guess you have to get a little closer. <laughs> I'll have to be a little closer. That works. <laughs> Just cuddle with us and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, tell us how you got started. Tell us what you make. Yeah, so I started making candles two years ago. Um, before that, I was doing marketing for local businesses. And um, I was kind of really looking at what would be a good way for me to build, um, I guess, this brand is how I saw it. And uh, I was like, well, what's something consumable? Something I could start in my kitchen. That's not going to require any kind of like health code or anything. And uh, I was listening to like a lot of podcasts, looking at a lot of other small businesses. And there's a guy in Houston uh, with Man Ready Mercantile. His name is mm-hmm. Travis. Yeah. And I saw he got started with candles in his kitchen and now has this awesome thriving business in Houston. And so I was like, well, let's give it a go. So I tried it and uh, yeah, didn't look back. That's awesome. Did you start? Right before COVID or? Yeah, it was right before COVID. And so I was nervous uh, when that struck. I think most small businesses probably were. But uh, thankfully, what I found was a lot of people were looking online. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people were bored at home. And so I was kind of able to, like, grow, I think, quicker because Mm -hmm. of it. So it all worked out in the end. And you actually have some pretty cool candles, the way you advertise them and have them in containers. Can you tell us about how how you came to be start doing that? Well, thank you. Yeah, so um, I worked with one local retail shop, uh, Woodsman Trading. I think he's actually across the street from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I got to look at what were kind of like the masculine candles and the packaging, mm-hmm. and um, I was kind of like, well, what's my own spin I could do on it? And kind of so it was a it was a mix of a lot of ideas, but um, each candle fragrance is uh, about a memory I have growing up in Oklahoma. So I want it to be kind of like um, the fragrances are like layered and I want it to be like mm-hmm. a texture of like where those things growing up in like what some people call flyover country that mm-hmm. I actually really love about growing up in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So like there's one called the Talahina, which um, obviously is a place in Oklahoma, but I have memories growing up picking peaches in some uh, eastern Oklahoma during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like instead of just being like a peach fragrance i was like peaches and musk and there's some other stuff blending in there too um because like when you're a kid you always eat the peaches before you get home oh, yeah. and so you know you're like sticky and your mom's yelling yeah, nice <laughs> and i was like well that's like the the textures to the memory that i love and so that's why i was trying to like okay well let's take that 
and then just bind a bunch of fragrances to kind of like give it those extra layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I try to be kind of ambiguous with the name. So it's kind of like a play on words and everything. And um, yeah, that's kind of been the formula mm-hmm. and it's, it's been working great. And what do you put your candles in? So they're actually in um, paint tints, which is really cool. Um, my mom's side of the family is from Minnesota, and we actually have six generations of painters. Oh. Um, my like great great grandpa, um, I think he made signs and did window displays before, you know, we got billboards and all that. And so um, it was really cool to take that and apply it to the packaging to what I use I use now. So um, yeah, it's it's different. Uh, I started with making just normal, like, whiskey, glass, highball. Oh, yeah. But what I found was those are really hard to ship. <laughs> and so yeah. after a few returned orders of broken glass candles, I was like, well, what's something more durable? And then the fact that it has a lid, I can see that it keeps a little bit more temperature stable. And, um, yeah, I've been going with it. And I, I would have never thought of that, the whole, you don't have to worry about it getting broken Yeah. in the mail. That's genius. <laughs> It, it worked out. Like, I'm still trying to figure out just the different ways to, to ship glass. I would love to do, like, a, a glass, you know, collection mm-hmm. or, or some kind of spin. I do I do love that feel. But, um, no, the tins are really, really easy. Um, it's been funny because with candles, it's been a home run. Like, mm-hmm. I've never had any issues shipping. Um, but then I started working with a local coffee roaster in Midtown, uh, Sincerely Coffee. Mm-hmm. And so we'll sell whole coffee beans in a tin. And I just, you know, design the packaging and everything. And uh, what I found is coffee beans really gases. And when it's in a tightly sealed Uh-oh. package with no ventilation, it actually will cause uh, the tins to dent. And so I'm having the opposite problem now. <laughs> Same packaging, different product. Um, and so we're, we're going through that right now and trying to figure that out. So is that why that, like, when you get a, a bag of coffee, it has that little plastic bill? Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was like a fret. Well, I guess technically it's still a freshness. Yeah. Bill, but Yeah. so yeah so we're trying to work through that but the tins have been really great um got i think a lot of publicity Mm -hmm. and like i think that's kind of been our stamp and so um yeah when i came with the coffee idea i was like well what's something else i could do maybe it's a little bit more consumable than a candle and so yeah how how do you go about getting bulk paint cans or paint tins so (laughs) that is a question i get a lot so there's a lot of candle makers out there um well, if it's a secret, you don't have to share it. Well, I mean, I won't, I won't spill it completely, but mm. I think everything's pretty accessible online, right? So, yeah, yeah just do a little bit of Google searches. You'll you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's wish.com. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's not so what was... it's not wish, um, but it is a local down in Texas where I get them from. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What was your first candle? What was your first fragrance? So I started with um, four, and I don't know if that was I, – I think that worked out well. But um, the Talahina is the one I talked about. Um, I have one called the Drover, which is actually uh, a leather and bergamot candle. Um, so walking in here kind of reminded me a little <laughs> bit of it. Um, and that one's kind of the, around the idea of, like, growing up in Oklahoma around, you know, just men and learning how to work and how to sweat and, like, what that means. And so that's the idea of the Drover, and the Drover obviously refers to, like, you have the history of cattle trails in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. so it all ties together. Um, there's one called the Wildfire, which is uh, sage and smoke. That one's a really big oh. uh, seller. Yeah. And so that's kind of around the idea of, like, growing up, I remember watching um, uh, a field nearby in my neighborhood. You know, you we had a wildfire go through there and then watching the plant grow through grow. Um, and that was kind of my first, I guess, understanding of ecology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do, this is like a, a side note, but we take 10% of our profits and donate it to, um, prairie conservation groups, like the nature conservancy. Oh, and, awesome. and yeah, nice. so like our, our motto is for the prairies and we want to have that mission to it. So the wildfire was kind of the first nod of that. Um, and then the fourth one I started with was called the river fork and that is, um, rain and honeysuckle. And the idea is just like, you know, summertime oklahoma growing up you go fishing with your buddies mm-hmm. and what's that like to just be on the riverbank just casting lines and, and goofing off and telling stories and so um yeah those were the four i started with and now we have 10 and then last summer i got to work with oklahoma state parks and do a collection with them this is such so, a cool project yeah well thank you so we have seven uh fragrances for the original seven state parks and then 
ten percent of those profits go back to the Oklahoma State Parks Foundation. So that's really cool. Yeah. So I've been busy. So have you <laughs> have you been? Did you go to all seven parks, or have you had you already been to all seven parks to kind of put those together? Sadly, not. Um, there are two I hadn't been in: is Boiling Springs and Osage Hills were the ones I haven't been to yet. Um, but well, I was able to work with the staff and talk about like what were those experiences that guests really go there for and mm-hmm. what they really enjoy. Um, so some people ask us if it's like a very literal take on what the state parks are. <laughs> like our beaver's bend candle is uh, peppercorn and spice because I think at this point everyone goes down there for the cabins more than the actual trails. And so it's like, what is it like to spend a weekend in, in a cabin with your friends and, you know, go fly fishing and do all that stuff. But what's that cabin life like? And so um, I try to take it all and, and, yeah, have a very like kind of abstract spin on it, I guess, you know. Beaver's Band is down there by Broken Bow, right? Yep. Yeah. Hoochatown, so, so, Town. I don't know. Ho- Hoochatown. Hoja, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so that candle kind of smells like Texas and Lone Star Dory. The whole big old state of Texas, they have all these different ecosystems. They come to Broken Bow. Exactly. Well, hey, <laughs> as long as they bring um, some tax money this way, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, can't complain, right? True, true. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a lot of other areas in Oklahoma that uh, I think we still, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard like they're making their way up to Robert's Cave though, so they're going they're going pretty far north now. I, I it was sometime last year when I was down there, and I, I actually don't go all the way down to Hostown. Okay, I, I go camping a little ways north, like thirty minutes north of there. <laughs> but last year when I got close to it, it was just, traffic is horrible. Yep, and we didn't go back. <laughs> yeah, I think you got to catch it. I, it's probably not a place to go on, on the weekends. Oh, no. 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 But if you got a job where you go down there in the week, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot nicer. So how do you, if, if you can, if it's not a big secret, how do you get the sense? Uh, yeah, so um, what I've learned, um, this was kind of fun, was before I started even pouring a candle, I spent, I think, a month or two months just Mm. studying like YouTube videos, looking at a lot of what I draw inspiration from was how cologne makers and Mm. what they do. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if I could figure out how they blend their fragrances and apply that to candles, that'll kind of be an edge up. Um, So you have like your fragrance oils, you have essential oils and you have absolute oils. Mm. Um, And people think fragrance oils means like super synthetic and it is to a degree, but even pure, absolute oil which is quote unquote the most pure it's all chemical compounds so as long as you're not really throwing harmful chemicals in there which mine aren't they're um never say it right but i think it's flathate free and so that's the kind of fragrances i use but they're already pre-manufactured and then what i do is blend those Mm. and so i have formulas for all my fragrances um and it just took time to develop it where you know, let's use a little bit of tobacco here, a little bit of musk there, a little bit of bergamot here. Um, and like, what's that blend that makes each note really um, hit you the right way? And so there's this whole other side of it where you have top notes, which are like the first thing you smell. Um, you have your heart notes, which are like what carries the whole thing. And then your base notes, which is if you have a candle burning for four hours or you put on cologne, what's it really going to be smelling like after four hours? Because the first impression of a scent isn't really what lasts. Yeah. And so you kind of got to learn how to weave all those together to make it, you know, something that you're go- people are going to like pick up, smell, want to buy, but then also right. are going to enjoy burning at home. And so you just like put a little, dr- a couple of drops in a vial, shake it up and then smell it. That's so what good. people who are really, really efficient do. <laughs> I, I but I'll do like a little splash here, a little splash there and write down like how much my grams have gone up, you know, and then, and then after it's all finished, break it down by percentages of like, well, we got 27 grams of this, three grams of that and um, make my formula off that. But I know some people, yeah, they have the droppers and splash of this. And a yeah. Yeah. Of there's, there's way more efficient ways of making these but I'm kind of a, let's get in there. Let's get messy and you know, we'll figure it out after. So. Have you ever had a that was just like came out like completely wrong and just didn't? <laughs> um, well, that's the funny thing about fragrances. I remember when I first went to um, a 
holiday pop-up event. Mm. And um, watching people pick up and smell them, I've learned that fragrances are so personal. And so, like, for me, I don't like the smell of vanilla. Mm. It happens to be the most popular fragrance out there in the (laughs) world. I don't like vanilla. And so, you know, you have people picking up your candles and they don't hide it. They're just like, oh, you know, it's like this look at this. <laughs> obviously, and like, obviously, I think my candles smell great. And there's plenty of people that do. But you have to learn that, like, what you enjoy isn't going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's just life. And you got to find the people that are going to enjoy it. And, right. um, yeah, so um, I haven't turned anything that sour where I was like, <laughs> yeah, we need to throw this out. But there's some where it's, um, you know, I'll sit on the shelf and pick it up after a month. And I'll go, you know, like this smells really great but is it going to like have that long um uh fragrance life if it burns you know because right. it might be a little bit more really sweet on the top end but the base notes i know aren't <laughs> going to carry it and have that effect i want if it's right. burning in the room for four hours and so um i've had to scrap a lot of ideas and you know take ideas and start from from the beginning but um yeah it's it's been a big learning process uh <laughs> before that I was doing photography and like digital marketing work. So honestly, it was just nice to like have a workshop. (laughs) It's not quite what you guys are doing with, you know, your leather making. Um, but just to be working kind of with your hands and like not just behind a computer screen all day. And so, um, it's been a, it's been a really fun change for sure. Have you, you've kind of answered it, but, uh, have you ever like had an idea like, I'm going to make a candle specifically for like Southwest Oklahoma prairie smell. And then you get it all mixed up and be like, ah, this is more like downtown Tulsa. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So that's been kind of, that's a fun part um, about it. And um, I'm really hoping this summer, like I've just been so busy keeping up with orders where Mm -hmm. it's like, I haven't had that time to really, sit down, order a lot of fragrances I might not ever use and just blend it together. Mm-hmm. But I have some ideas cooking and I was actually yesterday trying it and then I was like, you know, I really need to get some different fragrances in here to really hit those notes. But um, yeah, that happens a lot. That happened actually a lot with um, the State Parks collection. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Robber's Cave, I forgot what the original fragrance I had for it was, but um, I remember the State Parks Department, the staff was like, hey, like, what if you did something kind of like leathery, like for the outlaws that are hiding out in Robert's Cave? And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. Here's a fragrance I had. I think I was sitting on, on the side for myself. Mm. And I was like, okay, let's tweak it up a little bit and try it out. And they loved it. And so that's what the Robert's Cave is now. So, um, awesome. yeah, it, it is funny how, like, you could start with an idea of, like, what's the story you want to make the fragrance around? And then once the fragrance starts rolling, you know, mm. it takes on a life of its own and, and so, yeah, getting that final result is, uh, it's harder than I would like. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, are you still working out of your kitchen? Um, thankfully not. I haven't for, since October, um, I'm working out of a space in the Oklahoma city, uh, farmer's market district right behind the actual farmer's market building. And oh, uh, have, cool. yeah, I have, uh, I think it's about maybe 400 square feet. It's honestly pretty small. Um, and I have a portion of it sectioned off that has actual climate controlled and insulation and that's where the candle stuff's happening. <laughs> and then the rest of it's storage and, um, been trying my hand at screen printing. So, um, yeah, it's been a, another chapter we've been taking on this fall and hoping to just kind of grow and gain some new skill sets and offer more. So you really are just a creative in every sense of the word. If you guys go and look at the Tall Grass Supply Co. Uh, Instagram page. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, just the marketing. I'm always in awe of marketing because my brain is just not wired that way whatsoever. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, just the brand that you have built and, and the different pieces that you have brought in. I mean, it just works so well. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I went to school at OU for nonprofit management. Um, and that whole time I was looking at, there's like a lot of brands that really resonate with me, whether that, um, there's brands, Man Ready Mercantile is one, there's Iron and Resin on uh, the West Coast, um, there's another brand in California called Seeger, uh, but there's all these brands, and I was really fascinated with how they did that, 
And I think growing up in Oki, I was always kind of um, not peeved, but I don't know what the right word be. But I was like, they're always in like the mountains or the ocean. Mm. And I had those same experiences and memories that I resonate with hanging out with my friends, but we were in the Midwest. And so I always kind of wanted to um, build that one day. And so I think I started with more of a business mindset and then really just started pushing myself on the creative side and uh, slowly built up, you know, um, that side of it to where, I mean, I remember when I was first trying to design even a logo for someone, you know, three years ago, uh, that was really tough. And then um, when I landed on Tallgrass two years ago on that logo and that kind of style and that brand guide I've kind of set for myself, um, I was actually really proud of it. And I was like, okay, this could go somewhere. Yeah. And even seeing design work from the beginning of starting that, um, it's really, really grown. And um, yeah, it's, it's more out of necessity. Uh, I like to call it like we're a scrappy little brain on the prairie because it's like, <laughs> you know, don't have the money to just go off and hire someone to take care of these problems. You got to kind of figure out for yourself. And um, yeah, that's where, that's why I'm trying to learn and have multiple areas of how can I use my creativity, but also use like what I know about business and marketing and, and blend it all together. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head of what I really like about your brand is just that, I mean, in every fiber of it, it is just such an homage to the state of Oklahoma. Because like you said, you know, it's easy. I feel like it's really easy to make the mountains glamorous or to make the oceans glamorous. But to take that flyover state, which, I mean, you're talking to somebody who has, like, moved all over the country and came back to Oklahoma. And I can't tell you how many people ask me, why did you come back? (laughs) And I'm like... If you can't like see why I came back, you have no business being in Oklahoma. This is a <laughs> spectacular state. And yes. so it's really fun to see cuz like you said there's there's the nature, there's the state parks, there's just the culture and the people of Oklahoma that that are just so much fun that it's really cool to see it all encapsulated in a brand. Absolutely. One like one thing I always say is, you know, if you're if you're miserable here, you're probably going to be miserable anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, you move to California, but that doesn't mean you're going to have the best weekends ever. You know, like it takes work. It takes going out, meeting people, finding things you enjoy and all that. Those steps, you know. But um, Oklahoma is really inspiring. My my parents both moved here one uh, year before I was born. And when I entered college, they both moved away. Uh, so no one in my family understands why I stuck it out here, but um, I really love Oklahoma. Uh, to me, the state represents kind of this idea that anyone could start anything. Um, I think if you have a good idea, you get out here and people will listen. And then we also use this term, Oki Grit, and it's kind of like, you know, if you look back at the Dust Bowl, um, we obviously had a really tragic bombing in Oklahoma City. We have had a lot of natural disasters. Um, it's like at the end of the day, like one, our neighbor, like it doesn't matter who you are, what your disagreements are, when something bad happens, like you go out and help. Yeah. And I think that's really admirable about the state and, you know, all these differences coming up. I, it's like, I think that's something really that should be highlighted and focused on. And like, you know, let's put our attention back on that. It's like, how do we rally around each other when we need it? You right. know? But yeah, so that that's kind of why... Uh, decided to make this whole thing about kind of around growing up in Oklahoma and about Oklahoma. Um, and it's been really amazing. I expected it to be something where I would do some local pop-ups every now and then, but we're in over 70 shops across the country, Canada, UK, Germany. Um, oh and most gosh. of our customers are out of state. So it's, it's been really cool seeing what an Oklahoma brand is, how it's resonating outside of our state lines. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's been good. So what what partnerships have you done outside of with the parks? Yeah. So, you? um, been really fortunate to work with, um, luck reunion, which is out of Austin, Texas. It's a, a music festival that takes place on Willie Nelson's ranch. And so that was a really cool. No. Collaboration. Oh, that's cool. Um, there's a CBD company out of Austin, uh, called the communal cowboy and they have some really fun branding. <laughs> and, uh, so I did a collaboration with them on a CBD infused candle. Um, I've done, 
man, this is one I probably should remember a little bit more. But I know um, publishers like Huckberry, Bespoke Post, and Touch of Modern have all sold or featured Tallgrass, and those um, have been like more on a national scale. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been really cool. Collaboration is something that I've been uh, trying to emphasize and looking forward to getting a few lined up for this year. That's awesome. So are you selling out of your space at the farmer's market? Is that the idea? Correct. I uh, Okay. Yeah. I, I, I've only been to the farmer's market once, and it was for something, like, way unrelated to... <laughs> candles so i'm not really even sure what all goes on at the farmer's market it's kind of um so i was working for a bit in the in the stockyards um kind of a business over there and it kind of has some similarities in my mind at least where a lot of oklahoma city is being developed and it's kind of the corner that hasn't been hit with development hard yet um but the great thing about the farmer's market district is there's a lot of small makers and farmers that come in the weekend and they sell directly to the community mm-hmm. which is awesome you know um, any chance you could support that is great but there's also some really cool young businesses going in there uh, with they're just kind of yeah really banking on their ideas instead of trying to go to an area with high foot traffic week you know daily mm-hmm. and so it's a really good community down there and um yeah really excited to be in that area for sure but uh farmers markets take place i think saturday morning in the actual farmer's market building. And then, like I said, we're actually right behind there next to, um, it's called the pinata store is a fruit stand. And that's the easiest way to find us. We're right next door to that. Do you get a lot of foot traffic during the week or is it all weekend foot traffic mainly? It's all, it's mainly weekend. So we actually, um, we were doing Tuesday through Sunday, but we just moved it to Friday to Sunday because, um, there's no, there's a few restaurants and bars, but they're mainly dinner crowd. Which isn't really great for shopping. So, so there's not really like a coffee shop or a lunch crowd or a bunch of other retail in the area. We're like, well, let's just focus on the weekend. And that'll give us more time during the week to do production and, and focus on that stuff. And, and you still work out of there, uh-huh, right? Correct. So you just, you just say no walk-ins during the week until the weekend. So thankfully, there's, there's two – they're separate buildings. Um, they're very, like, small. But there's they're very divided. So when I'm doing online orders, I'll be you know unlocking two sets of doors and taking boxes of candles from the the retail side over to our production side to okay. ship out and stuff like that. So okay. it works out. But it's definitely not a very traditional system. And like I say, it's just like yeah, we're just trying to be scrappy about it and <laughs> how to start with what we got and hopefully just see where it goes. I forgot to ask earlier when you mm-hmm. were talking about the stories that made you create the certain candles do you put those stories on your label like this is how i came up with this kind of a little short blurb about it or yeah we have a little blurb um but it's not really from a personal perspective on like here's how i came up with it Mm -hmm. um but that's one thing i've been trying to think through and maybe reword um Mm -hmm. as we kind of reorder labels and get that stuff together is how to make that a little bit more obvious and clean it up a little bit. Um, If anyone has read like anything on my website or Instagram captions, I have a tendency to like ramble in my writing even more than (laughs) when I'm talking. And so um, I'm hoping here soon to work with like an actual copywriter and say like, here's kind of the story. Can you like help me package it and make it like really efficient for people to take a look at it and get it within two or three seconds, you know? So that's kind of my goal for, as I'm fine-tuning everything, is how to take those blurbs and, and make them hopefully a little bit more understandable and, yeah. like, catch that essence of what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah, make it a little bit more personal. Yeah, exactly. So what is one of the hardest lessons you've learned so far? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so up until this winter, I, um, I was doing client work. Um, on top of doing this. So I was running people's websites, designing logos, uh, managing social media. And it was really great. Um, and I kind of coasted off of Tallgrass being a, a uh, like a business-to-business company. So we had a lot of wholesale, but um, I really hadn't built that online sales funnel. So whenever I slowly start, stopped doing 
um, this client work on the side and spent more of my time on tall grass. It was kind of this hard realization that um, I needed to fine tune that. Mm -hmm. And so before, um, just because there's like cash flow, if one business wasn't doing well, can lean on the other and vice versa. Um, I was running ads a lot. And so I was leaning heavily on, let's just get out there in front of people Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, something will happen. Like our sales will go up. But once I, yeah. once I made that transition, what I had to learn was, you know, you got to find your right core customer group and you got to be really okay with that being a small group <laughs> and then like let the reputation build from there. And so um, I've been doing less like advertising, less spending. And it's more of how can I really be more thoughtful with what I'm communicating, how I'm communicating it, engaging with people online and really trying to build a sense of community around this whole idea, um, which is scary, <laughs> and ambiguous, <laughs> but um, that's kind of the really hard lesson. And it, it is kind of ironic with doing marketing for other people like, hey, the branding and the story behind it is probably your your best thing to lean on but um yeah that's that's kind of been a very recent <laughs> and painful lesson. <laughs> um but i'm excited that yeah it, i know it's going to stick just with with how how big of a transition that's been so are you doing tall grass exclusively now then yep since uh for the past nice. two months i have been <laughs> so it's been a, a scary new chapter but um it was probably like looking back on it. It's like, why did I do this in quarter one? But, um, <laughs> but it's all going to work out. And um, having that shop down there has been really exciting because we're able to meet new customers every weekend who wouldn't. Hopefully, I mean, some of them have found us online, but a lot of them are just down there uh, visiting the district, finding things to do. And so it's been a great way to just be in front of people every weekend. Um, so I'm really, really thankful that I got that side of things going. Um, and that's definitely helped out a lot. Is it just you or do you have helpers? I have a few helpers. Yeah. So right now I have two, um, and they help out on the weekends. And so we kind of split up those into shifts and then, um, I'm down there, um, Saturday mornings and Sundays. And so if you guys swing by the shop, then you'll get to meet me. Um, but besides that, yeah, we got a team of two that kind of takes shifts here and there. Um, and thankfully they have their own things going on where, you know, they're not needing like a full-time job. And so it's been a really good, um, team relationship. And so, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So how did the screen printing start and how's it going? (laughs) So, um, it started with, uh, I think I just, it's kind of, so I was listening to a podcast on the way here about how some of, um, I forgot who it was, but they said they got started doing leather work because their wife bought them a belt and they realized they could do it for cheaper. It was a lot. It was a couple, a couple ago. last episode you guys released. I, anyway, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the similar idea where I was like, I knew there's this design side that was really working on the candles packaging. I've been trying to translate that into apparel um, but I've like realized working through like third parties, mm-hmm. a lot of those people are making money, um, for people who don't have the incentive to figure out for themselves. So it's probably time for you to figure it out for yourself. And so I got a small little kit and have been taking a stab at it. Um, but it's been a big learning curve for sure. It's a whole new skill set, and, um, it's really not forgiving like that paint, like, it gets everywhere and <laughs> it has to reach such a high temperature to actually cure. I think it's like 375 degrees. So if you get some on your hands and you don't see it in the shop, it's like it could end up all over your clothes, your bag. Um, everywhere. Yeah. So there's been plenty of days where I just like shut the shop down in frustration. I'm like, I can't do any more today. Like this is too <laughs> much. Um, but I'm slowly getting better at it, um, churning through less mistakes and <laughs> getting a little bit more efficient with it. So, um, I'm excited for where that's going to lead. It's just kind of a thing of like, you got to put in the hours and work through it and it's going to pay off in the long run. Um, but it's been an exciting new thing to learn. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, just learning how to make candles. It's like, that was not something I was around, mm-hmm. but you just put in the time and it works out. Um, and so, yeah. I just got a, uh, is it a singer sewing machine? 
yeah, so I got that Monday. Um, and so I'm hoping to eventually learn how to like sew on patches of hats and tags of shirts and even like expand what I'm doing in house even more. And that's kind of just my goal is how to bring everything in house and do it myself and be able to have jack of all trades down in the farmer's market. Well, if you start sewing, having to th- sew thicker stuff, uh-huh. I can show you this class 26 out here. Okay. <laughs> in case you can make you a really good deal. You okay. might not like there much, but it'll look really yeah. good. <laughs> there we go. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's cool looking through kind of the supply side of the shop. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's very it's very different what you guys are doing, but just like looking at all these different components and you guys are putting that together in your head and planning and seeing mm-hmm. how that all comes together. And there's obviously a lot of things that, relate you know are, are relatable and right. um it's really cool to see yeah uh before we get any farther yeah the candles back to the candles real quick uh-huh how do you melt them down and put them in the <laughs> little deals and the little can yes yeah. we so, should cover that earlier but we got it's, <laughs> it's all, all good. good it's all good so candle making it sounds it's probably a very similar to soap but you have your base you're trying to keep that to a certain temperature and there's like ideal temperatures where it binds with the fragrance oils the most. Mm-hmm. So you're actually going to get a really good throw once it's all said and done. So you heat it up to there, pour it, mix in your fragrance oils, and it's got to be a specific ratio of wax to, to fragrance oils. Stir that up really good. And then you let it cool to a certain temperature. So you want it like cool where it's not going to take that whole cooling process and your package. Because if it does that, it's going to not look very great. And so you got to cool it down to a certain temperature and then pour it and then let it cool all the way. And then, yeah, you take off your, you know, you trim your wick, put on the label, package it up, and you're good to go. So How much, or what is the perfect temperature when you pour it in? So you want it at like about 175 degrees to bind with your oils the best. And then there's there's like room for air as far as the cooling. Um, the more wax you have, the cooler you can let it go. So, um, I try to get it down to about 90 degrees and, uh, then I'll pour it out. And mm. so, um, how big of a black pot do you use or <laughs> like, like how much, yeah. how much are you melting down at once? So when I was cooking this in my kitchen, um, I had a, I was using a double broiler system which was like literally just taking a giant pot filling it full of water, having to fill that up constantly, and then having individual metal canisters in the water full of wax to heat it down. Um, And that was really, really messy. And I'm sure my landlords were not very happy (laughs) with how I left a few kitchens over the years. Um, But now I got a system, and it's actually, like, I think someone just rigged up a crock pot and sold it on Amazon, Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm using now. And it's way easier to clean. (laughs) <laughs> there's no like water filling up and i don't have to do it in my kitchen so it's it's a win-win now but how yeah many, how many times have you burnt yourself thankfully not not that much i, I think <laughs> i'm probably a baby when it comes to heat anyway so <laughs> if, it, if i think it's going to be hot i just stay away from it <laughs> I, I see myself trying to do it and burning the piss out of my fingers <laughs> touching the pot too soon yeah like, ah, yep. so uh yeah i mean I have had that happen. One thing that's cool is like you obviously you're trying to feel like get your temperature down cool enough. So you mm-hmm. kind of learn how to do the little tap and just say like, okay, like how long can I put my finger on it? Okay, that's. So you use a thermometer. Or I mean, sometimes, it? but like, yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're really in the like midst of it, when I was especially when I was doing it in the kitchen, yeah. Remember, have Dustin, we're just splashing and winging it and splooshing uh, yeah. and going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you you start learning skills or I guess little tricks to like save you some time and not moving your thermometer back and forth and all that stuff so yeah so, so well i'm sure it's kind of like with us yeah. the temperature yeah oh that's about 96 right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it's like us with like i tell you what i'm really good at spottering a quarter of an inch a half an inch an inch and i noticed that my eyes getting better at seeing square so i'm sure you just kind of pick it up yeah Get yeah used to it. because see that's one skill set I definitely don't have. If someone tries to tell me, like, if someone says their height before I, I meet them in person, like, you know, I'm way off every time. Like, <laughs> no reference whatsoever. Of length, <laughs> measurements of length are not, is not my strong suit. So. <laughs> so what else? So we are in April of this year. 
what exciting things that you can talk about do you have slated for? Oh, man. Okay. Um, yeah, so one thing I'm really excited about, it's kind of funny what takes off and you least expect it. Um, selling coffee, just, again, I'm not roasting this myself. I'm working with a local roaster, Sincerely Coffee Roasters. It's a really great team. But I came up with the kind of idea on the packaging and, and how to sell it. And it's just really, really taken off. So one thing I'm excited to bring out this year is um, the tins look really great. And people I know said they bought them just to keep them on their shelf and have never used a coffee. But then you have people that actually like the coffee. So what we're going to do is um, come out with, like, refillable bags. So you order the tin, you know, you keep that. But then you can order a bag from us, which would save a lot of money for them and for me. Yeah. And then we're looking at even doing, like, a coffee subscription. And then if we get that going and figure out the system there, I'm hoping that start including like, hey, you get a candle and a coffee each month and then start using that to kind of tie in more of the candles and make that more of a regular purchase. Um, because right now, even if you really love the candles or the soaps, it's still not something that like I need every week or every other right. week. It's kind of like, hey, if I got some extra cash and I think about it, sure, I'll buy some. <laughs> so. Um, I'm hoping to kind of like work in ways to make that more of a regular purchase and on the business side, increase like the lifetime value of each customer that comes in. So have you solved the gas issue with the coffee and the tins yet? I have. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) it just, it was a pretty simple solution. Um, one, those paint tins, like you could completely airproof tight seal, um you could crack those pretty easily where it lets air in and out but it's not letting beans spill and so that's that's kind of been our our solution so far um eventually i would like to get custom tins made that have what they call like a gas relief valve and so that's just letting the gas flow in and out um but i'm sure i won't begin to that this year (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) now they they only do just the beans or they also do ground so we've been doing whole beans just for the sake of it storing longer, but we've had a lot of people asking about it. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get a grinder um, in mm-hmm. that we could like offer that, you know, yeah. either way, when you place an order, we could do ground or, or whole beans. But yeah. Cool beans. Cool beans. <laughs> <laughs> the third so, option, the best option. But yeah. So you have the tall grass... Um, you have two different Instagram pages, right? Correct. Tallgrass Supply and Tallgrass Vintage. What is uh, what's the aim of those two? What's the difference between the two? Uh, so it started with kind of um, when I started doing Tallgrass Vintage, I didn't want to be posting on there regularly, and I didn't want to be posting like clothes, you know, that we're selling to take away from what I'm doing through just kind of creating products myself. So I kind of wanted that barrier there. And then I kind of wanted also a separation where tall grass supply. Um, I think I can have a more serious tone when I write and when I talk about Oklahoma and the prairies and stuff like that. Um, and I wanted tall grass vintage to be a little bit more fun, like a little more playful. Like let's talk about um, Dolly Parton and, you know, Hank Williams and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where, Hey, that might not, even though that's a big influence on what I'm doing with tall grass, like there's just, it just seemed easier. I don't know if it's going to stay that way, but it seemed easier <laughs> at the time. Um, thankfully, both have grown pretty well, and I I think it was the right move. Um, but, yeah, you know, the other thing is, like, you just got to be okay with failing and trying things. And, yeah, it just was an idea I had, and we, we started rolling with it. Now, I noticed that you were going to be hosting our good friend, Oki Ridge. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell us kind of how that works. So, um, every, well, since we changed our schedule to be focused more on the weekends, um, we have a really good traffic down in that district with just the farmer's market going on. Um, so kind of to give local makers an opportunity to showcase their stuff, but also to have more of a draw and come to our door instead of going to the big building that you know to go to. Uh, we started letting makers pop up in front of our shop. And so we've been oh, nice. On, yeah, we've been doing that every Saturday for the past few weeks. Um, we've had 
um, someone who does silver spoons and turns them into jewelry, Triceraware. Um, we've had Crochet. What was the name? Triceraware. Their logo is like a Triceratops skull, but they're from Gap. They're really cool people. That's cool. Triceraware. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> unique. But we've had florists. We've had crocheting. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have um, them out this Saturday, and uh, they actually carry our candles. I haven't quite figured out if they're an online only or if they actually have a store. He's online. Yeah. So Straight I know. Down. Oh, okay. But he carries some other goods. I know he's promoting them, and so mm-hmm. he's carried um, some of our soaps. And, um, yeah, so I was like, hey, like, we need a leather maker out here. And he was the one that I talked to and, again, has been carrying some of my goods. So I was like, why don't you pop on out? Pump the brakes. Don't, okay. give, them that, don't give them that big of a head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll cool down. But, no, so, yeah, I'm excited to have them out. And for everybody wondering, that's Caleb Smith. I forgot what episode of. It was a little while back now. Of, of Oaky Ridge Leather Company. Leather. Trading Co. Trading Co. Yeah. I'm going to get a text later. So you, <laughs> you, you, you butchered it. You butchered it. <laughs> so does it seem like it's helped to get more traffic so far? Um, for sh- Yes. Uh, during that period of time, we had Easter weekend, which is a little slower. But oh, yeah. Besides that, uh, yeah, it's been really good. I love it when a plan comes together and works. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice when it works. Uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been really good. And they have, like I said, there's there's a lot of local small businesses in the area. Yeah, obviously have the farmers market bringing a lot of vendors. And then there's an area next to it called Delmar Gardens. And on Sundays they'll usually have food trucks, live music, and and local businesses that don't have a brick and mortar but pop up there. Um, so it's just kind of like a really neat community being built down there. Um, so for us, it was like, well, how can we make use of the space a little better? You know, just kind of give something new for people to check out every week. And it's, it's been positive for sure. So what advice would you have for someone looking to start their own candle company? <laughs> Besides don't do it. Besides don't do it. No. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, I really liked the approach I took, and I wish more people had that philosophy of, one, it's like, how can you tie your story into it? Because no matter what your business is, um, story is just so, so powerful. And so um, whether it's like, you know, sharing behind the scenes stuff or being a maker or whatever, I think that's what people are really there for. Uh, But the other thing is just like, I think, yeah, what's like your unique spin on it? People, I think, still are trying to figure out exactly what that spin is for tall grass to an extent. You know, is it like just it being more masculine candles or is it being Oklahoma candles? And it's like, well, no, I think those are aspects of it. Mm. Um, But there's like a lot of things I'm thinking through when I'm doing that. And I think that's the approach because getting into candle making, there's a lot of really simple formulas out there pre-made for people to like just throw it in i mean if you buy a fragrance oil you could just throw that in um and there's a lot of packaging that they're trying to sell you as far you know if you go looking at boutiques you kind of pick out that everyone's got there's like four or five options that everyone's doing so you know it's just like yeah how can you make it your own your own spin um something that's unique to you and and something that you could be like really passionate about and ties in with your story that would be my advice. And then just do a lot of research on, um, I think, how perfumers and clone makers do it. Um, I think they have probably the right strategy. And um, that's that's who you probably should be learning from more than other candle makers. Yeah, honestly, I had no idea where you were headed when you got technical with it, with head notes. And, and that <laughs> I, I had no idea that there was that much to it. That's really cool. Yeah, it's... It's a a very unique rabbit hole once you start going down. There's no, <laughs> but it's fun. So, is there something that you would like to share that we haven't hit on yet? Like... Oh man, um, I feel like I've been talking this whole time. That's um, the point of the whole. <laughs> I guess that is the point, right? <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, we've only been at this for two years, and so it's still really relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very, very blessed with how much it's grown in those two years. 
Um, but yeah, like at this stage for me, it's just kind of like learning lessons as a business owner. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's, there's nothing like too, um, there's nothing like being released anytime soon or anything like that. It's just like how to keep this going, how to keep up with kind of the demand. And then once we get those things ironed out, yeah, I got a lot of ideas I'm excited to bring out. So, yeah. Keep your secrets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask your question for you. I was just going to mix it up. And (laughs) (laughs) Where can we find you, Michael? Where can we find Tallgrass? Yeah. Plug all your stuff. Okay. So, shameless self promotion. We are Shop Tallgrass on Facebook, Tallgrass Supply Co. on Instagram. Um, I had issues with domains, so we were actually tallgrasssupplyco.com online. Um, <laughs> and then we are in over 70 shops, so if you're in the Oklahoma area, we got a lot of boutiques carrying us everywhere from here to Broken Bow to... Um, Man, I won't be able to name those all, but <laughs> if you go on our website, there's a store locator, and you can find one of our retail partners um, near you, and that's one thing I'm trying to, like, really emphasize is, like, yeah, you know, I'd rather you go support a local shop that's in your community. Um, it'd be cool if you found us online, but, yeah, I'd rather you go support them, and then they, in turn, be supporting us, and that seems like a much better um, chain of events in my mind, but, um Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, um, and then if you're, I know you have a lot of local makers following your podcast. Um, if it is something you're interested in popping up in front of our, our shop on Saturdays, we do that. Try and do that every week, 10 to 4. Um, so shoot me an email, um, michael at shoptallgrass.com, and we can get in touch and, and see if we get that scheduled out. Wonderful. And I, gosh, I wish... I I do miss being in the buzz in Oklahoma City. I would love to come see Caleb at the pop up this weekend, but uh, I, he he threatened, well, vaguely threatened, which he's not a very threatening person. Because <laughs> I haven't met him yet, I've been talking to him for months, and he I, he's actually riding in the truck with me for sixteen and a half hours to go into Sheridan, Wyoming oh. next month. And he, he's a, he's a good guy. He's okay. goofy as hell. Awesome. So, <laughs> kind of people. <laughs> no, I'm excited to meet him in person. I've only interacted with him on Instagram. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time this weekend. So, good right, deal. Well, well Michael, up. thank you. <laughs> thank you all for having me. I like, um, I was telling earlier like uh i'm really excited you guys are doing this i think this podcast is great um any kind of spotlight to shine on local makers and kind of use that to connect each other i think is is super valuable so um yeah i'm excited to see someone else yeah working to promote our state and all the amazing people in it and we have some really creative people in this state and the like you were talking earlier the entrepreneurial spirit that is alive in the state of oklahoma anybody can do anything that's mm-hmm. right. Yep. Well, unless you can't spell our name right. Now. <laughs> well, I can't spell my name right, but most days I can do anything. Hey, well, so there's a few mistakes <laughs> on our labels. People point them out, and I'll just always say, hey, we don't we don't rank that high in education around here. <laughs> 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 that's Oklahoma brand, so. Yeah, Terrible. Yeah, that's just how we spell it around here. <laughs> that's Oklahoma right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, all right well thank you so much for coming on let us know when you have more stuff coming on and we'll have have you come back on and we'll talk more candles or screen printing if you don't get it all over the place and (laughs) shut it all down i'll bring some of it with me i'm sure on my hands and shirt and all that good stuff but we'll do we'll do that one over the phone yeah okay that makes that's that's awesome well thank you guys no problem and thank you and thanks for tuning us in uh join us next week for more bespoke oklahoma Bye. Bye. Please. What? Please. Not you. Everybody else listening. Please rate and review the podcast. We only have like. Yeah. We have like seven reviews, I think. And all but one are five stars. And I know our audio isn't the best. And our editing definitely isn't the best. Because we don't. Yeah. (laughs) It's our podcast at the end of the day. So.
go leave us a review and just say hi. If you have anything bad to say, send the bad thoughts to Melissa. Yeah. Possible's at, Leather. At Possible's Leather Instagram or Melissa Golden. <laughs> Stop. Okay, we will uh, we will talk to y'all next week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, I said it once, say it again. How many times I told you? I know this stuff because I'm from the great state of Oklahoma.